Yeah, so uh, as Daniel said, um, I'm James, if you've not met me um, before, uh, and I'm part of the leadership team here for the Manchester Morning Sight. Uh, and as Dan also mentioned, um, this year as a church, um, we're working through the, the whole Bible from, from Genesis right through to Revelation, um, each week having a preached word on a different book or, or a collection of books. Um, and last week we had a, a collection of books. We had the law, which Kofo um, was talking to us about. Uh, and I'm personally really excited about this. I think it's, it's fantastic to have that opportunity to go through the entire Bible in a year, see the big picture of what God is saying through the Bible, as well as focusing in on some of the detail and particular books, just to hear what God is going to speak to us and reveal to us through that. Um, and you've perhaps heard as well that we're really encouraging people this year to take the opportunity to, to perhaps yourself work the whole way through the Bible um, we've been giving out some reading plans, so if you've not had a chance to pick up one of those yet, then feel free to get one from the help desk at the end there. Uh, and if perhaps you have already started on that journey of, of working through the Bible, uh, and maybe you're you know, feeling, finding it a little bit hard, or perhaps you've fallen behind a little bit, I just encourage you today, you know, don't be disheartened by that, um, just keep going with it. You know, it's, it's just brilliant that you're committing to that. Uh, and that you're regularly coming to the Word and getting something out of the Word. So I just encourage you in that, just to keep going. You know, just recently when I've been, been in the Word, again, I've just been struck about how amazing um, this book is, how amazing the Bible is. You know, a book that was written over a 1,500-year span. It was written by um, 40, over 40 different authors, although obviously ultimately one author, God. It was written by kings, peasant, peasants, fishermen, poets and scholars, all contributed through the Holy Spirit speaking into this word. And the Bible as well was written on three different continents, if you didn't know that. Asia, Africa and Europe. So in the book of the Bible, um, there's obviously you know, many different themes, hundreds if not thousands of different themes. Um, and there's been various debates on you know, what or if the unifying theme of the Bible is. Uh, and many people have come to the conclusion uh, that the unifying theme of the Bible is the kingdom of God. And we sp speak quite a lot, don't we, about the kingdom of God. And we pray for the advance of the kingdom. Uh, and one of the dominant themes in Jesus' teaching is God's kingdom. He began his public ministry by proclaiming, lights changed again, <laughs> proclaiming, <laughs> the time has come, the kingdom of God is near. And that was in Mark um, 1.15. But what exactly is the kingdom of God? What exactly is it? And one of the best definitions I've heard for the kingdom of God is this. God's people in God's place under God's rule and reign. So those three elements. God's people in God's place under his rule and under his blessing. Um, so going back a few weeks, in the first, you know, towards the beginning of January, uh, Dave shared a word about um, Genesis, didn't he? Uh, and in Genesis we hear about the establishment of God's kingdom as he intended it. Um, Adam and Eve, his people, in the Garden of Eden, his place, in perfect relationship with them. But then as we know, as a result of Adam and Eve's sin and their rejection of God's authority, um, that was broken, wasn't it? And then later in Genesis, we read about the, um, the call upon the life of Abraham and his promise to re-establish his kingdom with his people. And in Genesis 12 too, it says this, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. That's what God spoke to Abraham. 
And then into the next week of the series, we had Richard talking to us about Exodus. And in Exodus, we read about part of the reestablishment of God's kingdom um, with, the, with the Israelites through the giving of the Ten Commandments and the law. And that was the way that God worked um, so that people could live under his rule and under his blessing. And then later in that book of Exodus, we're introduced to the author of today's book. Um, the character is introduced as Moses' as leader in battle uh, and also leader in training. It's the man who wrote the book with his name on it. And as you've already heard, his name is Joshua. So in the book of Numbers, um, before Joshua even takes on the leadership of the Israelites, uh, we see some glimpses of Joshua's character. The fact that Joshua is a man of faith. He's confident in the promises of God. Not only did um, he know the promises, uh, but he trusted and had faith that they would be fulfilled. And if you remember the story, there was a story of the the 12 spies going into the um, land of Canaan. Um, Joshua and Caleb uh, were two of those spies who went in there. And out of all those 12 spies, 10 of them came back with reports of fear, giants, disaster. We're never going to make it. We're gonna, it's going to be a disaster. We can't go there. But Caleb and Joshua, they were different. They came back with this report. Joshua said, The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. So right at the end of the uh, book of Deuteronomy... I think Kofo touched on it last week. Um, the Israelites have been wandering through the desert uh, for 40 years. You know, after escaping Egypt, led by uh, Moses, um, they'd been wandering, going round and round. You know, God had been providing for them, but they hadn't fulfilled what he'd yet intended. But there was hope for the, for the descendants. There was hope for those descendants of the Israelites. Moses had commissioned a new leader, who was Joshua, to take the Israelites forward and see the next stage of God's purpose fulfilled. So going back to seeing you know, God's kingdom re-established, those three points, his people and his place under his rule. So he now has his people, the Israelites, and he's give them, given them the law to set them apart Uh, and provide a way for them to live under his rule and blessing. And the third element was that they would be in his place. And that that land was Canaan, also referred to as the promised land. So I hope this explanation uh, puts into context um, the book of Joshua, and the progressive story of God's kingdom and, and and him establishing it. So in terms of the book itself, you might want to turn there now if you've got your Bible, or if you've got a device. Uh, I'll just take us and give us a bit of an overview of the book itself as well and how it's split up and some of the main um, kind of themes and events that are in there. So um, the first kind of section of um, Joshua, chapters 1 to 5. So first of all, this includes Joshua taking on the mantle from Moses, as I've already mentioned, being commissioned by God and receiving the acceptance of the people. Um, then one of the next major events is the spies being sent into the land not the spies from the book of Exodus, but or the book of Numbers, but um, a second set of spies, this time much more successfully. Um, then we have Joshua leading is- the Israelites into the promised land by a miracle. If you rem- recall the story, um, he goes, you know, the Ark of the Covenant goes before them into the river um, Jordan, and the waters stop flowing and allow the people to pass into the land. Uh, And then another event that's quite significant in there is Joshua having um, an encounter with an angel of the Lord. And I'm going to touch on that a little bit later. 
So the second section um, of the book covers chapters 6 through to 12. And in there, um, we have the famous battle of Jericho being conquered um, through God's power and his faithfulness to the Israelites as their obedience. And there's also a second battle in that book, perhaps not quite so famous, uh, where they um, attack a city called Ai. And perhaps it's not quite so famous because they actually fail um, this time around as a result of sin uh, that's not being dealt with. Uh, but then once they deal with that sin, they do have success. God gives them success and they, they overcome that city too. Uh, and then we, as we continue to read the book, uh, we read about the advance of the Israelites um, through the, throughout the land of Canaan, establishing that as God's domain, as his kingdom, his place for the Israelites. And then the third and final section, um, chapters 13 through to 24, um, we have Joshua dividing up the regions of Canaan um, to give to the different um, tribes, the 12 tribes of Israel. And this is really important because, as I mentioned earlier, it's seeing the promises of God fulfilled, the promise of God that was given to Abraham. Uh, and then in the final two chapters of the book, they conclude with Joshua giving some um, speeches and bringing God's word to the Israelites. So I also want to highlight that the book of Joshua, much like you know, many books in the Old Testament, it's a foreshadow and it's pointing towards what God will do with a new covenant. The name of Joshua actually means Jehovah saves, and it has similar roots to the name of Jesus. Now Joshua was, was clearly a great, great leader. He was symbolic of victory, but ultimately he points us towards the greatest leader that would ever walk the earth. Jesus, our saviour, who would give us the victory when he would give, um, give his life for us. And we've already heard, haven't we, this morning, God speaking to us about that, that God will give us the victory, that actually we know we can put down our own weapons and that God is fighting on our behalf. Now, I really believe that this is a, a significant book and it just ties in so well by what God has already said this morning. So hopefully this has given you a good overview of the, of the book itself uh, and where it fits into the story of the Bible uh, and just talks about you know, the progressive nature and how God's kingdom was advancing. And I really believe there's so much that we can take from this book this morning, uh, the book of Joshua, and that it can speak into our lives um, really powerfully. Wherever we're at, there's something that we can take from this book. And I hope this has kind of given you some excitement if you've not yet got to this book in your reading, that you can look forward to or, you know, getting into a bit more of the depth of this book and can just be challenged and, ex uh, and inspired um, from Joshua. So, Joshua, at the start of uh, his, his commissioning, he's the leader of the Israelites. And he's going to be leading an estimated more than two million people into a strange new land. Quite a task. He was going to have to go over the River Jordan, battle against the people of the land. How was he going to get there? How was he going to succeed? Well, ultimately, God would do it. But he'd use Joshua and his courageous faith. And I really believe that's a key, courageous faith. You know, God knew that this was a big deal. God knew that this wasn't going to be an easy task. And he knew Joshua had massive challenges ahead. You know, no matter how gifted he was, how well trained, how bold, he needed to hear God's voice. He needed to hear God's word to him. So should we have a look at what, what God said to Joshua? So if you'd like to turn your Bibles or devices to um, chapter 1, verse 2. Let's have a read of what God said to Joshua. So Joshua 1, 
um, verses 2 to 6. This is what God said. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the river Jordan into the land I am about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you've set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river to the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Wow, what a commission Joshua receives from God, doesn't he? What an amazing commission. Now that must have been like a, a super injection of promise and power to Joshua's spirit at that time. Now in that first chapter of Joshua, we read this phrase, be strong and courageous, four times. Just in that first chapter, I think God was really trying to make a point to Joshua. And I just love the way we read about how Joshua responds. Right, guys, you know, it might have been 40 years of wandering in the desert for me and Caleb and your descendants, but this is the time. This is the time for us. Pack up your bags and let's get into that land. Now, this is, this is how it's described as in responding. So if you skip forward a little bit, um, Joshua 1, verses 10 and 11, this is what we read. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the river Jordan. You will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord God is giving to you for your own. I think something that's really helpful for me, as we're reading the Bible as well, can be just to put yourself in that context, put yourself in that position. So as you're reading a story, just imagine what the scene was like. Imagine being there yourself. So if we just imagine that scene, just for a moment, your parents, your grandparents have been wandering in the desert for, for 40 years, knowing that God wanted to take them somewhere. And now here comes Joshua saying, now is the time. We're gonna go and we're gonna take that land Can you imagine the excitement in that camp? The thrill of, yes, this is it. This is our time. You know, for me, um, Joshua's response really just epitomizes bold leadership. He doesn't say, oh, no, at some point, you know, yeah, we'll we'll have a go. We'll we'll maybe get into, into that promised land. No, he doesn't respond like that at all. He responds, you know, with faithfulness, with courage, with belief that God is going to take them. He's going to take them into that land. You know, God brought each and every one of us here to Manchester and to King's Church for a purpose. And that purpose is to see his ever-increasing kingdom further established. Like Joshua did in his time, there's a calling on us, God's people, the church, in God's place, Manchester. (laughs) For us, in this season, Manchester is God's place for us, isn't it? It is his place for us. Not just this place globally, obviously, but for in this season, God's place for us is Manchester. And as Christians, you know, we've placed ourselves, haven't we, under his rule and under his blessing. Now, what better place is there to be? The purpose he has for us is that we would love those that he's placed in our life. You know, our church vision together being loved, lovers, loving others. Now, we know that we're loved by God. 
We're lovers of God. We love to worship him passionately. passionately, And we love others. We love those in the church here, together in our community. And we love those in the world around us. We love those people that God's placed in our lives. But as well as that, I believe that God has specific purposes that he wants to outwork through us. God wants to take us into new ground, into different areas. And you know, for each of us, there's new territory that God wants to, us to take hold of in that promised land. And I just challenge you and ask you to think and reflect this morning. You know, what is God challenging you in? What has God put in your heart? You know, maybe speaking to you about something in your workplace or place where you study, giving you ideas to, to do something new. It could be that he you know, wants you to um, improve something, do something new in that place. It could be praying for somebody in need. It could be supporting a colleague in a difficult situation or a friend in a difficult situation. It could be as simple as just speaking positively you know, in an atmosphere of negativity. Or maybe you know, in your community where you are, you've perhaps seen a need, something that's not quite right, and you've thought, you know, that needs to be sorted, something needs to be done about that. You know, maybe that's God speaking to you, maybe that's God calling you and saying, you be the change in that situation. In Ephesians 2.10 it says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So let's discover those works together. Let's step into them with courageous faith. Let's take Joshua's example of being obedient and believe that we'll see God work in those situations. Now Joshua and the Israelites didn't have to battle for Jericho. I'm sure we've heard that story before of, of you know, the people going into Jericho. Um, all they had to do was simply follow his instructions to march around the city walls and God gave them the victory. And now, as I've already mentioned, you know, God was speaking to us, wasn't he, in the time of worship about that exactly. That he's fighting on our behalf. That we're victorious because he is with us. We are overcomers because he is an overcomer. And for me, you know, this story of Joshua, um, it's just really relevant to where we are as well as a church and uh, this season, you know, in terms of stepping into new places. It was earlier last year um, that the church leadership team here um, shared with myself and Rian um, about you know, hearing God's voice and the church being directed to um, plant a new site, both in southwest Manchester uh, and in North Manchester, uh, and they spoke to us and asked us, you know, if we consider um, if God was calling us to to lead that that site in in Southwest Manchester. Um, and I know it's not neat leading kind of two million people into a, a new nation and fighting a battle uh, in that context. But still, um, it was a little daunting when they when they asked that of us. You know, asked us to consider and pray into that. Um, but at the same time, it was really exciting. You know, was God calling us to do something new? Was he calling us to step out of the boat, take a step of faith, and to hear from him and go into something new? And we went away together and we prayed, um, and we really felt God confirm that in our hearts and speak to us clearly that, yes, this was his calling for us. Um, and I really want to honour the church leadership as well, just in responding to God's voice, um, as Joshua did. You know, they didn't kind of hear that word and say, all right, yeah, in a few years' time, at some point, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. We'll see if we can step out and stretch ourselves. They didn't. They heard that word and they responded and they said, let's make this happen. This is what God wants for us as a church. Let's do this. 
So, you know, as we're meeting here this morning as, as King's Church in the city centre, um, as we've heard, now we've got a, a new site in North Manchester, uh, King's Church Higher Blakely. And that is really exciting, isn't it? It's really exciting that we've seen the fulfilment of that, of God's word in saying, I, you know, I want to see a new site, a King's Church planted in, in North Manchester. And right now there are a worshipping community present in Higher Blakely. And I think that is really, a really exciting thing. Um, and we believe, we're in faith, that in just a few months' time as well, we're going to see a new site um, launched into southwest Manchester, um, specifically in the area of Withenshaw. Uh, and we're really excited about that. It really is exciting times for King's Church. Um, but I want to say, though, as well, it's exciting for, for those who feel that calling and being planted out. But as well, if you feel that you're called to be part of the Manchester Morning um, community site in, in the city centre, then it's an exciting time for you as well. It's an exciting time for you. Because this is an opportunity of God recommissioning you. This is an opportunity to receive a fresh commission from God and to play your part, see how God will use you. Now, as we, as we send people out to North Manchester and Southwest Manchester, you know, this is going to create opportunities. It's going to create needs. Um, and I really believe that um, you know, this will be an opportunity for many people here to step into something new. It might be you know, just being committed to a, a connect group, um, you know, meeting together on a regular basis for fellowship, to talk about the word, to pray together. Um, or it could be serving on a team on a Sunday morning. You know, it might not sound glamorous or exciting, but actually it's the very best place to be. The place serving God's purpose, advancing his kingdom by doing what he's called us to do. You know, and that might be serving on crash. There's definitely need there. It could be being a steward, welcoming people. Um, it could be helping out on the PA team, on the media. What those guys do is so important. It could be joining a prayer team. You know, that's a really vital area to be able to pray and support people. You know, wherever it is, when we serve in those areas, led by the Spirit, every time we serve, it can be an exciting time. How is God going to use me today? How is God going to use me when I'm stewarding today, when I'm welcoming, welcoming someone? Can I bring them a word? Can I encourage them? Can I pray with them? Can I see someone in need? Do I see someone new who I've not seen before and just, you know, really give them a warm welcome? So let's just be, I'd encourage us again, let's be inspired by Joshua's example of courageous and bold leadership. By not shrinking back from challenges, but by stepping out and going where God's called us. You know, whether that's stepping into something new, going out into somewhere, somewhere new, either in a church or your, your own context where you work or, or live, or whether it's serving and taking on a new opportunity where God has already placed you. So I want to look at um, another characteristic as well, uh, and that is Joshua's obedience and the impact that it had. So we read time after time in these first few chapters of Joshua that God said something and Joshua responded accordingly. So Joshua said, go into the promised land, and Joshua went leading the people. God instructed that the Ark of the Covenant should go ahead of the people, and Joshua responded, and a miracle took place, didn't it? The river Jordan stopped flowing. And in chapter 5 as well, God instructs Joshua um, that the male Israelites should be circumcised, as God had commanded um, to Abraham. This being a sign of the covenant between God and the Israelites. And again, Joshua is obedient to God's instruction. And you know, the, the promised land was already Israel's in a sense that God had promised it to them. But for them to take possession of it, it depended on their obedience to God. They had to be obedient to what he said. 
And the obedience of both Joshua and the people led to provision and a significantly heavenly encounter, which I'd just like us to look at for a second. So if you'd like to turn to chapter 5 and and read these verses with me. So in uh, Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 to 16, we read this. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or are you for our enemies? Neither, he replied. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now we live, don't we, in the new covenant of grace, where as Christians we can come and we have access to God. We have access to the the person of the Holy Spirit. And we know that we can come boldly to his throne of grace, as it says in Hebrews 4.16. But at the same time, there is a sense in which our obedience and honouring of God aligns us with him and creates in us a heart and a position ready to encounter him. In our obedience and our honouring of God, we recognise him for who he is. He is king of kings, isn't he? He is lord of lords. He reigns and he rules. And when we live and we serve him and we put our lives before him, that just creates in us a place to encounter him. So I'd just encourage us this morning to be those who are determined to live lives that are obedient to God, obedient to Jesus. You know, we know when we're tempted to, to walk away from the path that God has for us. But both in the small decisions of life and in the big decisions, uh, with the word of God and with the Holy Spirit in us, we will be led in truth. So let's follow that truth. And I know that I get it wrong. I know that I get it wrong sometimes. But I want to be obedient to God. I want to be, be obedient to God in all that I do. And Joshua gave the same encouragement as well. Joshua 22 verse 5 Be very careful to keep the command and the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. To love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to keep his commands, to hold fast to him and to serve him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. And right at the end of Joshua's life, the very last question that he gives to the Israelites is this. And then he goes on to give the same answer. He says this. Choose for yourself this day, whom will you serve? Choose for this day, whom will you serve? And then he says, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. So just in summing up today, I hope that the book of Joshua and Joshua's example um, of courageous faith has spoken to you. So let's be a Joshua people. Let's be a people who are courageous, who step out into new areas that God's calling us to, And hold fast to God through challenges that we encounter, trusting that he will give us the victory. And let's also be a people obedient to God, honouring him with our lives, because we know that he's truly deserving of all that we have. And as we do that, let's be expectant that we'll encounter him in, in powerful ways, that we'll experience his presence, his supernatural presence, that we'll have angelic counters as he did, that we'll have dreams and visions, that we'll see miracles, that we'll see prayers answered, that we will draw closer to God than we ever have before. Thank you. God bless you.